Please bow your heads with me in a word of prayer. Holy Spirit, center our hearts and minds on you today that we might receive your spirit, your love, your grace, your call, that it might overwhelm our lives and send us not to live for ourselves, but to live for you as we share your love with others. In Jesus' name, amen. So let me start with uh, these commandments uh, that uh, Moses was talking about in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 30, our first lesson today. Um, The whole book of Deuteronomy is a... uh, a series is either one long speech or a series of speeches from Moses to um, the Israelites. Uh, remember, Moses took, uh, led uh, God's people, the Israelites, out of captivity in Egypt, um, out uh, through the Red Sea and to Mount Sinai where the commandments were, were given to Moses. Not just ten, by the way, 613 Uh, commandments that are given to Moses there. The ten serve as kind of the table of contents as we've been talking about in uh, um, Sunday school over the last several weeks. Um, They serve as kind of the table of contents for the 613 that follow, um, all of which were important and vital for them to be a community set apart by God for the sake of the world. That's the idea. That's God's great idea, and it's a great idea. But it said, this will work well if you keep them. And then when you keep them, I will bless you and things will go really well. And uh, the world around will see that following my word is a good thing. And so they'll come in too. That was plan A. Um, However, if you... So at at the point that we're in Deuteronomy here, we're in Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 31 chronicles the death of Moses um, uh, just before they cross over the Jordan River and go into the Promised Land. Um, So in Deuteronomy 30, it's kind of the last... uh, last hurrah of Moses' speech to the Israelites before they come into this land that God has promised them. And what's he doing? He's reminding them that when you get to where God has called you, don't forget about what God taught you. Right? When you get to the place that you've been coming to all along, that goal that is ahead of you, that has been ahead of you for 40 years wandering around in the wilderness here, We're finally there, and when you go in and take possession of the land, do not forget that this is the God who called you out of Egypt, that this is the way that he commanded you to live, for it will be life for you to remember that. That's what he says. It will be life for you to hold on to these commandments. Well, if you've read any of the rest of the Old Testament... The rest of the Hebrew scriptures, as, as we chronicle this story of what happens after they get into the promised land, um, how do we do with keeping these commandments and maintaining life? Not so good. 
There are moments, flashes here and there, right, where, where everybody rallies around it and we come back and we remember the, the commandments and we remember the covenant and things go well for a period of time and then there's a long stretch of time where everything's kind of like, all right, now what about uh, us and how can we get what we want? And, uh, um, oh, by the way, the first commandment is the one we have the most trouble with, right? Everybody remember the first commandment? I am the Lord your God, you shall have no other gods before me. Most of the Hebrew scriptures are about the difficulty of remembering not all 10, not all 613, but the first one. You shall have no other gods before me. You see, what we do is we forget that the me is not me. It's a me that is speaking to me, and that me is God. And God is God, and I am not. But I, uh, I like the Israelites, often forget that. And then things don't go so well. This is the story that we live over and over again. This is not me condemning the Israelites. This is not me saying, look at how badly they did. No, this is me saying, look, we don't do any better. This is the story. Well, that story led to um, the exile of the northern tribes and the, uh, um, the conquering of the northern tribes and, the and their exile and infiltration with all kinds of other conquered people from all over the world. Then it led to the downfall of the southern kingdom and their exile. And then uh, they came back and started to rebuild, but they came back to a land that was never anything like it was meant to be in the first place. And they knew it, and they knew that when they were rebuilding the temple, it wasn't the way that it was supposed to be in the first place, and they could see it. And they looked at this and said, we're never going to get back to the way it was supposed to be, but we're going to keep working at this because we've blown it time and time and time again, and, now, and we just can't seem to get it right. So you fast forward to Jesus' time. In Matthew 5, what's going on? Jesus is now up on a mountain, just kind of like Moses, and he's teaching his disciples that want to follow him about how they are to keep the commandments, Right? And there's other people in, that you encounter throughout the gospel called the Pharisees. Their number one thing to do was what? Help the people understand and keep all 613 commandments. Why? Because these will be life for you. Jesus really messes with us in this gospel. Because the Pharisees were pretty darn good at helping people keep the commandments just as they were written. This is what you do. Wouldn't it be great? How many of you like to-do lists? <laughs> How many of you live by to-do lists? Like, I can't get through the day if I don't make my list and know this is what I have to do. How many of you uh, find that your to-do list gets messed up every day by life? <laughs> yes, right? This is what happens. I make my list, and if I could just keep everything on my list, then everything would go well, right? This is an ordered existence, and we... Uh, many of us love it. We absolutely love it. 
I'm here to tell you, if that is what you want, Jesus is not going to be your friend today. I'm sorry to tell you that. But it's good news. Because Jesus isn't here to say when your list gets messed up, you've, you've blown it and you can't get back on track. Instead, Jesus is pushing us away from our comfort zone. Because as I was talking about with the kids, we don't like to fail. Most of us don't like to fail. But Jesus says, it's, we, we have to fail harder is I think what Jesus is getting at. Here's what I mean by that. It's all well and good for us to look through that list, especially the, the second half of the commandments. I said we're terrible at keeping that first commandment. But once you get down to honor your father and mother, that one's hard still. I get it. Um, uh, but once you get past that and you get to um, don't murder, don't steal, don't commit adultery, don't uh, um, bear false witness, which means don't lie about your friend when they're... Um, and, and you can... We, we can... That one's tough for us, honestly, but we have all kinds of explanations for why we're not breaking that one, don't we? <laughs> I wasn't really lying. I was just rephrasing. I'm sure you were. Um, don't covet. Those five, um, which are six, if you're counting the way that commandments are counted, which I've never been able to get to ten commandments, by the way, so you let me know if it works out for you. Um, <laughs> but when we look at those, what do we do? We look at those and we try to narrow them down. I haven't killed anybody. I haven't stolen anything. You know, I don't really lie about people unless it's for their benefit. <laughs> uh, I, I like other people's stuff, but I don't try to get it from them, so I'm not coveting. But we, we try to make those simpler. Why do we want to make them simpler? I think the reason I want to make them simpler is because at the end of the day, I want to be able to, sh to look through my list and say I did it right. And Jesus, Jesus takes his disciples, who were pretty accustomed to going through that list and saying, did I meet all 613 laws? Did I break any of them? And at the end of the day, they could say, no, I didn't. I, I got it right. I, I didn't break any of the laws today, so I'm good. That's what they wanted to say. Jesus actually encounters somebody later on. There's a lawyer who comes to him and says, uh, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? Uh, remember what he said? Uh, what, is he, what do you read in the law? The lawyer says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, those were Jesus' commandments, Right? The Jesus way of summing up the 613 that we had. And so he gives, he gives the teacher the teacher's answer. Good student. Um, and, uh, and the teacher doesn't say, yeah, but you don't really do that. Do you remember this? 
That's not what he says. He doesn't say, yeah, but you don't really do that. He just says, good, you're on the right track. Now, you remember what comes next? <laughs> no. Give everything, take everything you have, sell it, and give it to the poor, then come follow me. How did he do with that one? How did he do? He failed, right? What's going on with the disciples in this passage? You've heard it said, do not murder. What happens? They all say, oh, I haven't done that one. Woohoo! That's good. And then he says, I tell you, anybody who's angry with their brother or sister has already, is already guilty of breaking this. Oh, darn it. <laughs> they fail. Jesus wants us to know that we fail. But how are we going to fail? You see, we want to be able at the end of the day to say, look, Jesus, I did it right, so you what? So you owe it to me <laughs> to do what I want. And then that way we flip the whole commandments on their head and we make us the center. It's never been that way. It wasn't supposed to be that way from the beginning. It's why the very first commandment is, I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. But we do it all the time. Jesus says, that's, that's not what I'm teaching. You hate your brother, you've already broke it. You say, you fool, right? How many times do we say that or some version of it as we're driving this week? And that one, what did he, he had to go and add hell into that one, too. So it's like, oof, this is, he's serious. So does Jesus mean that you are destined to hell if you've broken the commandment? He says this to the disciples. I don't think that's the message here. I think the message here is that if you're looking to get in on your own ability, you're on the wrong path. But he adds to that what? He adds to that this, this word about this isn't about you being right with God at being enough. If you've done something that's hurt your brother or sister, you realize that as you're going to the altar. Mind you, the altar Jesus is talking about is a temple in Jerusalem, which most of them didn't live in Jerusalem because he's preaching in Galilee at the time. And so if he, uh, if he says that, that's a, that's a long journey for them. They, they planned for this. This was a pilgrimage for them. They're like, all right, it's time to go to Jerusalem and offer my gift. If you get all the way there and you've done all your planning and you're, you're there at the temple and you're ready to offer your gift, so that what? So that you're right between God and you? And then you say... Ah, oh, man, Joe is upset with me, isn't he? What am I going to do about Joe? I guess I'll have to deal with that later, right? That's what, we would, that's what any reasonable person would say. But Jesus says, no. Turn around, go back, and fix it with Joe first, because Joe matters more. Your relationship to one another is the only way you're going to understand your relationship with me. The commandment isn't about you being right with God because Jesus will always push it further than you're comfortable. He does it every time. Why? Because He wants you to fail harder. Don't settle for 
for success on your own terms. Fail trying to make it right for others. Don't settle for being right uh, in your own mind. Fail in showing the love of Christ that is beyond what you are capable of to those that are around you. Show forth a life that no one can live. <laughs> no one can live. Save Jesus. You, sh- you go for it. You'll fail, I promise you. But Jesus wants us to fail on that front, failing harder than we've ever failed before. Because as we do so, the world will see a love for them that goes beyond the love I have for me. The world will see one whose list isn't as important as the people. The world will see a church who's willing to fail because we know God's got us. But we want them to know God's got them too. Dear friends, the commandments have never been about you succeeding. They've always been about us learning to fail harder. May God be with you as you fail this week. In Jesus' name, amen.